the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We're continuing our Mario May, living the dream of everything Super Mario in our Super Mario Brothers series, and um, finding more kind of like those those odd like Mario things you don't just you don't just find it every day. You can't just go and walk into any game store and you know find find what we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about something even more bizarre. We're going to talk about a sequel to the Super Mario Brothers movie in a comic form. Yeah, this is a fan comic that was actually written by Stephen Applebaum and Ryan Haas. Both have been on the show before when we were doing the, uh, when we, they were just t- telling us that how they came across the Mario movie, how they started the Super Mario Brothers movie archive. And um, I knew this is something they were working on, but I, I'll be honest, I didn't know it was already all laid out online. So, like, once I realized, oh, well, this is kind of a continuing thing. And unfortunately, the only real problem I have with that, not a problem with the book, but the only thing, unfortunate, is it ends on a cliffhanger because I think they're still in the works on it. It's not been released. The end is yet to be released. But, uh, yeah, it's just a shame because the book's fantastic. Yeah, and it, it is kind of like the uh, just a good starting to being like, hey, here's a mm-hmm. full-on sequel. And what makes it kind of – it's almost like a little bit beyond just, I guess you would say, like a – fan fiction because it even has one of the original um mario brothers movie writers parker Bennett, also on it too so it kind of has that like where it's not just like it's not just anybody just writing it well he also contributed to the story and everything too yeah he they there's a little foreword at the beginning where they say basically like they asked him to you like what were some of the ideas you guys were playing around with what were some of the things you were considering and he says, I told them what to do, what they should do, but they had, like, but at the same time, feel free to give it your own stamp. Because they got, they were pretty, going off the ending of that movie, they were pretty confident that they're going to get a sequel. And Parker uh, Bennett even says in his foreword, like, it, by the time the movie was over, I knew it was probably going to get pummeled by critics, but regardless, I was optimistic and I figured worse movies have made sequels. And unfortunately, that was not the case with this one. Yeah, I, it probably was one of those weird ones, too, where, like, you could kind of see a lot of those guys going, you know what? These All it's got to take is just if every single person who owns a copy of Mario Brothers shows up, we're going to be doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, oddly, we we know if, like, over-budget and all that kind of stuff didn't really help the cause. I think that really, at the end of the day, if the thing wasn't over-budget, probably would have be viewed as a success. Maybe people would not like it, but, like, you know, there's people like us and, like, Mario Brothers Archive, which love the movie, mm-hmm. but I still feel like maybe the movie would not be viewed as, like, a fantastic movie to the general public, but if it wasn't for going over budget and all the crazy mayhem going behind the scenes, probably maybe would have made enough money to get a sequel, but you never know. Yeah, it's always that kind of sad thing that, like, almost, like, if a movie just makes a bunch of mo- money, it's automatically it's almost like it's got more points like in its sort of review. I, I don't I don't know why that's always been the case, but it's like you know what I mean like for some reason if a movie like just doesn't make the cut and like just doesn't make that money, people just go like oh it was a terrible movie. No, it's it's like the Waterworld effect. I always kind of feel you. There's some people mm-hmm. like oh a terrible movie. It's like did you ever fucking see the movie? No, terrible movie. It's like well the movie technically made money. It's like you just you just didn't look at all the facts and everything. You didn't even watch the movie. What, do you even like, like, you don't even like, like, you know, Mad Max or Road Warrior or anything? It's like, that's stupid. Fucking hate. Well, no wonder you didn't like fucking Waterworld. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I, before I even saw that movie, I remember seeing the trailer to it. And then, but this is when I was younger, because this Mario Brothers movie was my first introduction to a lot of people. Like, I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit before Mario Brothers, but I did not recognize Bob Hoskins immediately. But Mm -hmm. Dennis Hopper. And John Lugazamo, for me, they were ever cemented as, like, whenever I saw Dennis Hopper and something, like, oh, King Koopa. Or John Lugazamo, like, oh, that's Luigi. And I remember seeing the trailer to Waterworld and seeing, you know, Patch Dennis Hopper. I'm like, oh, King Koopa's back. He survived. Yeah. <laughs> that's what pretty much happens. Like, oh, he lost his hair and he, he got sent out to see. Like, that could have been, like, you could just add in a couple extra shots. And it could almost be like, oh, well, what happened to King Koopa? Well, he drifted down this warp pipe. <laughs> went out the sea, made a new clan. <laughs> well, there could even be, I'll say this, there's this whole thing going just to like that aesthetic that uh, there's a sort of like, there's dystopian future quasi cyberpunk, quasi roadrunner type shit. And then there's like kind of like the 90s version of it. Did you Late say, did you say Roadrunner? Like Roadrunner and nope. Wiley Coyote? I meant Road Warrior. I, I, th- I think <laughs> okay. I thought I said Road Warrior. That's what I was thinking. You're like, you're going all serious too. You're like, okay, so then let me break it down. There's Cyberpunk. There's Steampunk. 
there's Roadrunner. Like, well, what the fuck's this Roadrunner? <laughs> like, why, like, it's a life or death this? chase. It's <laughs> it's what? How far will one coyote go just to survive another day and eat his meal? And you know, who knows what's going to happen once he actually catches it? Is he going to? Is he going to have enough energy to move on? You know? Exactly. It's one of those ones. It's you a just deep. Don't it's know. a deep question that a lot of people don't really stop and ask themselves. Like, is he really chasing something, or is he just like does? What does Roadrunner represent? I think what Road River really represents, though, is the fact that, like, when you have that goal in mind of how far you will go, where, like, literally at the end of the day, it's like, you know, most people be like, you know what, fuck this Road Runner. I'm going to go catch something else to eat tonight. But not, not Wiley Coyote. Not fucking Wiley Coyote. When he sets his mind to something, he won't stop. It's, you I know think- what? I really have to say this, though. Like, when I was a kid watching the Road Runner type stuff, though, like, I used to, because I used to be, like, always on the. I felt like Warner Brothers wanted you to be on, like, the. Um, on the Roadrunner side, I was like, fuck that. It's all about Wiley Coyote. Fuck that Roadrunner. <laughs> Wiley Coyote, what's it say about me? That was one of my favorite Looney Tune characters for a long time. Yeah, same here, too. And it was just like, I, it almost made me angry because I was like, fucking Roadrunner, always fucking winning. Just like the there Super was... Friends. Like, what, what, why do they always have to win so easily? Can't there ever be, like, a struggle? <laughs> yeah. I Actually, I have trouble remembering episodes of Super Friends. <laughs> you know, I... I how much DC lore I have in my head and how many different variations. I always have trouble remembering. I remember the, the early version where they had fucking Marvin, Wendy and wonder mud or whatever the fuck that bullshit was. Yeah. I remember it was never even a villain. Most of the time it was just some like scientist who was mad. Like I got fired. So now I'm setting off the polarity, which is going to change a bunch of shit. And then like the fucking Marvin and Wendy roll in like, you shouldn't do that. Ah, fuck you. And that's when like, you know, somehow the word gets out to like Superman. He's like, all right, I'll stop it. He's messing with the Jimmy Carter campaign. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst part too, is I've seen every fucking episode of super friends as a kid, because I remember that. Cause I remember when they started like, Oh fuck, I've seen this episode before, but it's, it's an hour till whatever the hell else is coming on next. So I guess I'll watch it. Cause that was just that time period. Like, what else are you going to do? It's on TV. Like I'm I'm not going to go just do something else. It's just like, I guess I'll just have to watch through it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to back to the Mario thing and the point I was going to make in a second. But I just <laughs> want to say this about um, about Super Friends. I remember we originally, I, I went out and bought the first season on DVD because we were talking about, you know, doing that whole kind of Dragon Ball Z abridged thing, but with Super Friends episodes. And then we were watching it and we were just like, we never got around to doing that, so I'm like, now I got this stupid fucking DVD to the show I hate. And I think that was even gra- before the Dragon Ball Z abridged, before those guys even did that, too. It would have been, like, around the same time or close to it, but we just liked the idea of just voicing over. Because, like, Dragon Ball Z abridged did it really good, but there is other ones where it was just a little bit more sloppier, but you still got the idea across. Like, I think we could do something like that, and then we never got around to it, so now I just have this DVD of, of a season I just fucking hate just taking up room on my dvd shelf but so i'm like god damn it yeah i still like it was only 25 bucks but i still kick myself for spending that much money on this thing i hate but regardless um i was gonna make a point about the dystopian future shit before we went up to roadrunner and this and that but um there seemed to be kind of like that late 80s early 90s version of the uh kind of dystopian quasi cyberpunk thing with a little bit this is not cyberpunk but a little bit of like you know the road run road road warrior <laughs> road warrior vibe with like you know water world and then even like i think we made this point before but judge dread wasn't tank too girl. far out yeah tank girl they all kind of a lot of things kind of have that style so I think there's something about that that really stands out about like, and a lot of those movies are not looked back on fondly, but I, I, I kind of, I find a lot of those movies interesting. A lot of those early nineties, late eighties dystopian films. Well, the weird thing to me is like, I grew up watching so many of those movies. So I look at like all these ones that people a lot of times think of just being kind of okay films is I really enjoy them. Like I like the tank girl movie a lot. I like the judge dread one of Stallone quite a bit. Like it's just cause like when I grew up, it's like, that was the fucking judge dread movie. And I think it's like one of those ones that's like, you know, an eight-year-old kid, like, that movie was so fucking badass. You know, it's just like, I, I think it's what's one, if you have, like, a 35-year-old Judge Dredd fan from, like, England, yeah, of course he's going to be complaining, but, like, to an eight-year-old kid, that movie was fucking sick. I remember liking it as a kid, and then I watched it as, like, a kind of a jaded, like, 16, 17-year-old. <gasps> like, yeah. 
I might need to watch it again. I don't remember liking it the second time around, but maybe in hindsight I might warm up to it. I remember thinking, like, man, this is a lot like the Mario Brothers movie in the, at the time. And then um, Tank Girl, I kind of liked most of Tank Girl. I think there's some stuff that was a little over top. I thought, like, the musical number shit was kind of a little silly, but I remember liking Tank Girl mostly. And that movie is... I feel like if, if you have, like, the Mario Brothers movie... You have that recommended for you. That would also be Judge Dredd, <laughs> Tank Girl, Waterworld. Yeah, because like all those movies all sort of fit in there. And they're all movies, once again, that aren't like... That some people think are like the greatest movies ever, and then there's just a group of people who are like, oh, fuck those movies. They don't make enough money at the box office. Is that all you're going off of? Yeah, that's all I care about. That's how I judge your movies by how much money it makes. <laughs> <laughs> My dad yeah. works at Wall Street. That's why. There's the kid who's... De- who's- dad or uncle works at Nintendo and then there's the kid whose dad works at Wall Street yeah it's like, uh, only good movies a good mo- movie that makes money so um before we jump into this uh to the, the to the uh Super Mario Brothers 2 comic let's actually give credit where it's due as I said earlier the story aside from like ideas from Parker Bennett there's also Stephen Applebaum Ryan Haas who like I said earlier been on the show uh Art and colors was Eric Donovan, and Eric is spelled with a Y. Uh, Brett Michael Cook also did colors, and then James Reed and James spelled with a Y as well did letters. Yeah, what's with the Y? I mean, you, you see that once, yeah. and you don't you don't question it. But when I see it twice, then I start to wonder. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a group for it. Like, does your name have a Y in it somewhere that you wouldn't expect it to be? All right, here you go. We have yeah. a group for you. It fits with like the people like myself, like Pizza Boys, where you, you spell like it with a Z, and then you kind of then you start seeing other people that spell weird things with a Z, and you feel like you almost have this like weird bond that you have nothing really in common, but there's just that thing like, well, you know, maybe. You just see some of the boys in the hood, like sure, you just raise your fist up in the air, like he gets it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you could you could find the, you could find the comic at www smbthecomic.com. and they have all the links to their Facebook, Twitter. DeviantArt and Twitter right there. Yeah, I'll put a link in for like the description, too, to make it super easy to go find it. So you can read it, check it out, and then, you know, support the cause wherever it kind of goes next. Because from this point on, I, I almost sounds like, like you know, I haven't, we haven't talked to these guys in a while about, I don't know, even know if we talked too much about the comic book before. But um, it sounds like it's one of those ones where it's like they kind of have an idea to kind of do like a full on a real comic, have it be licensed by a Nintendo. Almost a, it, what reminds me of it would be like a Dynamite comic because <laughs> you know Dynamite always seems to do like those like, hey, remember this movie? Here's a little six you know page sequel to it, or not six page six you know issue sequel to it. You know they do that quite often, so it, it almost reminds me like it would fit perfect in like that kind of category because that's mostly Dynamite mostly relies off of generally stuff that's made for like your grandparents and great grandparents, but um. Things like this would also fit in there too. Dynamite's usually um, old. Like, I think if I had to guess, if you were to ask me what's Dynamite's biggest thing, and it's not even like a, an original thing, their biggest thing I would assume is Red Sonia because I probably see her on more things in a comic book store that are on Dynamite. I mean, you still have Green Hornet, which is definitely your grandparents' superhero. Yeah, then you also have, I think they have a Man With No Name series, which I want, would like to check out. And then they've also, like, John Carter of Mars and Deja Thorez. So basically all that old pulp and sci-fi stuff. And Vampire, does Vamp, Vampyra, or Vampelra, whatever her name is. Vampyra. Is she, is she Dynamite? Yeah, she is, like, for now. I think, you know, back, she's a really old character, so God knows what she started out on. But, um, but yeah, she's kind of like, her and Red Sonja seem to be like the, you see them the most often on the Dynamite covers. And I'll say this, every single time I've ever read all the Dynamite books I've ever gotten, like, they're always like, I don't know, I think it's something just so different, because you're just getting, you know, most of the time, just really old characters. Like, I remember they had some Zoro runs that were super good, and there was a Zoro meets Django that was totally badass. You that know, sounds awesome. Yeah, see, and it was, it was like, and it was written by Quentin Tarantino as well, too, with the guy who wrote Zorro. Well, not the original guy who wrote Zorro, but the guy who wrote Zorro for Dynamite recently, Larry. Well, in the last 10 years. But um, still, there's some real fun stuff in there. But that's what I feel is like, I see Super Mario Brothers 2, like, if it was going to fit into there, that's where I'd kind of picture it more than anything else. I mean, granted, nowadays it would probably would come out, like, on, if it was. Well, I don't even know if Nintendo would put it on its own label. This That would probably be the trickiest part, is if you're trying to get it licensed for Nintendo, be like, hey, can we just do this fun sequel thing? I almost could see Nintendo just shooting down and be like, you know what, we just, we're not going to talk about that right now. We, shit, we haven't really made a, you know, I know how hard it is to get a fucking Blu-ray out. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Nintendo, and we'll actually go into the comic itself in just a second, but 
a, a problem I have with Nintendo, and I get it, they, they, they want to make sure that they're calling the shots and it's not just becoming this request form of whatever, but I think sometimes Nintendo has too much pride because they stamp down and they jump on people making parodies and making um, making fan films. Whatever they jump on that very quickly, and if something becomes too big, even if you're not making a lot of money on it, Nintendo goes out of their way to make legal action on it. Like there's a there's a Fox in Space, which is probably one of the best fan things I've ever seen. Which is basically like kind of a 80 like late 80s noir style Star Fox series online. A dude animates it entirely by himself. And it's probably one of the best fan-made things I've ever seen. And Nintendo was really coming down on that guy at some point. So I can see, as much as I would love Nintendo to sponsor this and make this help this thing get made, I, I think they got too much pride. They're too much, like, you know, on their high horse for that, really. Yeah, it's that sad thing. I think I always call that kind of like, it's sort of like the old world way of like, oh, what the fuck are they doing with our property? You better stop that right now. You better not be making something we have, you know what I mean? Going off about it like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, nowadays it's like, I, you got to kind of realize it's like, that's just free advertising. If somebody's literally making like some animated movies, even if they're stupid and, you know, like, you know, just kind of like mm-hmm. dumb Newgrounds humor or something like that. At the end of the day, somebody at the end would be like, shit, I feel like playing some fucking Mario. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where's my fucking Switch? I'll go download a game right now. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what, like, I, I feel like you should never crap out on free advertising. Yeah, and I think Nintendo, they're, they're sometimes, they're, they're very innovative in their game design and things they want to do, but they're sometimes really behind the times when it comes to how approach something, you know, from a financial angle or from, like, a marketing angle. I mean, they didn't know what internet was until the Wii came out, so. Yeah, and, and Nintendo's always been, <laughs> like I say this, the Nintendo systems internets have never been really, really the greatest running one let's just say that you know even even on the switch that still is the system that has more problems connecting to the internet than anything else but oh i know so uh going into the actual comic when are people who work on the comics see like oh shit they're talking about the comic this is the podcast but when you fucking assholes actually talk about the book (laughs) yeah god you're talking about roadrunner (laughs) for some stupid length 20 minutes in i think we should actually put a timestamp on that if you actually want to hear the comic just jump 20 minutes in (laughs) anyway um so it opens up with uh, Daisy and Toad. The, the first year, like, is that a different Toad or is that the Toad? Like, I do. Like, it, it, I really love the design because it actually looks like how you'd expect it to look in the uh, how it would look expect to look in the movie universe. Yet it does have a little bit more resemblance to the to the games and the characters itself. Yeah, and just like the the art style itself, it kind of has that little bit sketchy, a little bit like kind of. Um... Very, like, creative kind of look to it. And I, I just like that design. Like, it doesn't come across... Because that's always kind of the fear of sometimes, you know, you get these things going, and then you kind of get somebody who kind of has almost, like, too much generic comic book art. Not saying it's bad, but, you know, it's kind of like what I always say, like, what sometimes, like, the you know, the second and third run, like, DC and Marvel books can kind of have. I'm glad it doesn't have, like, that kind of art. I'm glad it just goes, no, no, it's going to have its own kind of you know, unique look to it as well, too. It very much does have its own signature, and it works in its favor, I think. Because the artwork looks... This is definitely good enough to sell. If only these weren't copyrighted characters with a copyrighted movie, that you could definitely sell this, and I would definitely pay for it, because I think the artwork looks fantastic. And um, they're in this shrine, and the, her meteor necklace is starting to react, and they're trying to figure out what it is. And I, I was trying to figure out, there's this egg... It looks like an egg thing on a pedestal. As far as you can tell, does that look like anything from, like, what that could be from another Mario game? Like, something obscure or anything like that? And from the fact I was thinking, like, is that, like, maybe an egg to, like, a villain or something like that? or Like, what, like, Birdo or something like that? Birdo, maybe, yeah. You know, I I don't know, because it is, like, on there, and it never, hasn't got back to it yet, I don't think, in the comp, in this. It hasn't, no. So, basically, the egg starts to glow, the meteorite starts reacting, and then from there, shy guys will look like kind of like desert warrior shy guys come out riding like angry, dangerous-looking Yoshis. And they have this cool battle scene. Yeah, and they, they look really cool. They're just like in their suits, and they got guns and big old spears and everything like that. Like, it's one of those things, they look kind of like, um... They, they look like dangerous like, Ewoks, or not Ewoks, but, um... Jawas. Um, Jawas. Dangerous Jawas. But knowing it's Mario Brothers, you know, oh, that's supposed to be a shy guy right there. And that's like a deranged, m- messed up Yoshi it's riding. Yeah, exactly. Just like one, one, not, not your friendly Yoshi. 
But it looks like it's still like if you kind of took the Yoshi in the movie and just like had it grow up for another like five more years, that's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what that's what they're supposed to look like full grown. And then we jump forward and that's where we get to the end of the movie where where uh, Daisy comes busting in like, Mario, Luigi, I need your help. You're not going to believe this. Like, suit up, kid. And Mario's all gung-ho for it now. And I like some of the choices they made. Most of the, the outfits still basically look the same. But if this was an official sequel, they're doing some things you'd assume they'd probably do to slightly change up the outfit. Like Mario's... Mario actually has an M on his belt now. And this is kind of like their go-to outfits now. It's not like the thing they just happen to be wearing. It's just the actual go-to outfit. Luigi going 90s as hell has like the shirts missing, has the, has the sleeves, sleeves missing. But you see kind of like the, uh, you see kind of like the um, tear kind of going up sort of stands but, out. Well, it's funny because like Luigi in this one, he now looks like if like Tommy Lee played Luigi. <laughs> think about that that's a good point <laughs> like it doesn't look like it really doesn't look like you know john Leguizamo luigi it just looks like yeah, like motley crew luigi like like hey mario what's going on you know i just did a line of coke we ready to go fucking do this or what like what are you doing john... coke for it's like well i was playing fucking video games it's more fun if you do it with coke john Leguizamo did not want to come back so they hired tom they hired like tommy lee <laughs> well really if you had tommy lee like in the 90s he probably could have played luigi he probably could have, yeah, yeah. But he, he I, the I most ballsiest, weirdest choice, but he probably could have. <laughs> There's actually, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like a, a window or not window, a, a mirror or I'm just, I can't fucking talk. Right Wait, now. you think it's gonna Super uh, Mario 64 jump into that? Is that what you're getting at? No, no, no. There, in the background, there's a, um, there's a, uh, it's either a picture or it's like a, or it's a window. I can't really tell, but it has this very like. Mario World-esque level kind of look to it, you know, like the hills kind of rolling in the background, sort of, and the, uh, it's on page, what page is this? It's on page seven of chapter one, very top panel behind Mario, so. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I think that is supposed to be I, just I, like a, a picture. For, yeah, I was just wondering, cause, well, the way the, think, the, way the frame kind of looks, it, it looks kind of, well, the way the frame looks, it looks kind of like a window sort of so i was just wondering if or if it is a picture like that was the last time we went on vacation shit got fucking weird (laughs) i've never seen such perfectly shaped mountains before literally there was little creatures rolling off the tops of them i smashed them all because i was fucking high as fuck (laughs) i don't feel bad about it they're not christian or catholic or jewish us Brooklynites gotta stay together. So that's when we suddenly jump. Because I'll say this, the very beginning of this thing just fucking moves. And they jump back to the cave. And they bump into Toad. And Toad's sitting there. They don't know it's Toad yet. They just see... I mean, if you know your Mario stuff, you can say, okay, that's a different interpretation for Toad. But, you know, he seems to be kind of like quiet. The kind of quiet. He only speaks when something's serious. Only says what needs to be said beyond that. And then he's like, okay, well, you guys go in there and hold him off. And we get this really cool fight scene with Mario, Luigi, and Toad fighting off the Shy Guys while um, Daisy goes to close this portal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got all those Shy Guys coming in and whatnot, and they're just blasting away and so on. And Luigi, like, just grabs this big old, like, rod or I don't know what the heck he's got there. He just starts swinging around. It looks like he's just got, like, a keg of beer with a handle on it. It looks like, I mean, I'm not saying this is what it is, but it looks like a plunger. But then they, like, filled it with, like, something. with like They coated it with metal or filled it with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And now they're using the boots more because before there's only, like, a few scenes in the movie where they actually use the boots. But now they're using the boots, like, commonplace. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so they just kind of, like, it's just, like, part of their normal gear. Yeah, and he's just coming in, like, stomping on shy guys. Just whack him in the side of the head. At some point, Daisy gets in the fight, and she pulls out, like, like a miniature pistol version of the, like, fire gun. Uh-huh. And starts yeah. blasting away there. I even like how Luigi just fucking jumps on that one shy guy, like, with the boots. Just, like, just fucking smash him. And like, you take that, you fucking shy guy! Piece of shit! And I like how even when Mario, they get across the whole thing, like... Uh, something that was going to happen in the earlier version of the script, and there's even apparently deleted scenes of it, is Luigi feeling kind of like, because feeling kind of like, man, I never want to be a plumber. And Mario be like, don't you have any fucking family pride, you know? But the thing about it is, um, was it gonna be like that scene, like an out of the furnace, like Christian Bale, <laughs> like fucking hitting the house, be like, don't you ever fucking talk about the factory that way? That factory is our life. That factory is our home. In fact, the factory is your great great grandfather. 
It birthed you right out of the furnace. Oh, that's why it's called that. Okay. So don't you ever talk shit about your grandfather. <laughs> but no, it's kind of like, but he has that whole, there's an earlier version of the draft, I guess, and even deleted scenes, which I've never seen, but where Mario chastises Luigi about like not having pride and their family work and this and that. And there's a few lines in the movie where he seems kind of like, oh, I'm just a plumber just because my brother is, but he doesn't seem like he has any regrets about it. Where this one, they start to kind of bring in that plot line. He feels like he was only a plumber ever because only because his brother was a plumber and he, he wants his own form of identity. And in the middle of this fight, Mario has an idea essentially to, um, I don't remember what, what it is exactly, but something about working on the plumbing essentially is kind of what's going to help him out. And he's all like, I need to be very precise. He's like, how can you take plumbing so seriously? Like, how could you not? This is a family legacy. Exactly. Like, what? You want to go vacuum up mansions? Old haunted mansions? Is that what you fucking want to do, Luigi? Why don't you fucking tell me you just want to be a vacuum man? <laughs> Get out of here, vacuum man. Oh, you ain't afraid of no ghosts. Horse shit. See, you jump at every single thing that appears. Anytime something white pops up, you jump. <laughs> yeah, they're called I hate to see you at a real big fish concert. A lot of white people jumping around. <laughs> exactly. It's really scary, too. I'm not, I mean, not going to lie. I was fucking scared there, too. I mean, they're really non-threatening white people. They're, you know, the kind that, you know, you can flick one of them and then, like, it would just be like a row of Donima or... <laughs> I just fucking Road Dominoes? Yeah, there we go. Shit, it was all those late nights like... Oh, okay, yeah. A fucking row of Dominoes going down. This takes out the band that was fucking it. You know what I mean? Though I never thought I'd be so uh, so uh, on my toes when hearing a rendition of Take On Me. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Crowd's getting more aggressive. You know, we should hire these guys for the next Super Mario Brothers movie. Just saying. I, I, I really think up. that's what the kids are going to be into. I'm looking at this now, I'm noticing Mario's like fingerless gloves. I actually kind of like how they went out of their way. Even though they're fingerless gloves, they got out of their way to put the three little like cartoon... Because every cartoon character for the longest time just had the three random stripes on their gloves for some reason. You don't know why, but they just the three random stripes. And they even went out of their way and made that part of the design on these new gloves here. Yeah, well it has those. I mean like... They, they have that kind of like work glove thing too, where it's got you know like the pads and the knuckles and everything like that. Yeah, who knows? It's probably one of those weird things for like the Mickey Mouse and all that kind of stuff. That it had to be with like something so you can see his hands yeah. when he, you moved it around more, give it like dimension or some something weird was, like that. It was probably something like that. Yeah, more of a, more of a kind of a placeholder kind of. So yeah, they basically get into the big battle with the shy guys here. At some point, the shy guys get the upper hand. And at some point, there's actually I'm not sure who this guy is. There's a guy in a green cloak who comes out, and he's got a staff, and he looks pretty badass, and he has claws. I'm trying to think if, like, it looks like his mask kind of has horns to come out. I'm trying to see if that could be any particular Mario villain that we don't know of. Like, would that be one of the wizards? Or is that just maybe, like, Kamek? Or is that just, um... Well, he does have a staff, like, too. He has a staff, and he has these horns that come up. So, so that look like they're part of the mask. And he it looks like he has kind of, like, claws. So, it's kind of hard to tell... If he's any, if he's meant to be anyone in particular, but either way, he looks pretty badass. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I could see it being something like that. You know, just giving it that once again that post-apocalyptic kind of look to it. Mm -hmm. They could go out of their way, I guess, because there's certain characters that come in later. Like, oh, that's that's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, they they would probably do that at this point in time. So I really hope they continue this book because there are certain characters they bring in. I'm just curious to know. I'm assuming they're characters from the um, from the movie. Uh, from from the from the games, but at the exact same time though, I'm just kind of thinking at this time. Um, part of it you want to see the movie version of characters that didn't make it into the movie universe, but another part of you is kind of like, well, you know, I'm kind of curious to know. Like, I kind of get if they don't make it 100% accurate because the movie wasn't 100% accurate, so I kind of get why they would still kind of present certain characters the way they do as it goes on. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way I do it, too. And even I feel like it's almost like you should kind of view it like almost like if it was a movie that came out in, like, 1995. Like, so mm -hmm. you can't use anything pretty much Mario 64 and up. You know, you yeah. can't even use anything Mario RPG and up by that standard. You know what I mean? Like, I think it'd be kind of interesting just to keep it, like, just sort of locked into, like, 
Mario One Two Three World, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So from there, after this wizard guy comes in, he tries to get it, he tries to like grab like Daisy by the neck, but then her meteorite basically zaps the guy into dust, and that's when the Mario brothers and Toad get the upper hand. And I think they're 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 on the what they're in they're under this underground tunnel that's from like the shrine or whatever that's um out in the desert, and then an explosion happens, sand pours in, and eventually our heroes get out of there after a few more like you know. Quick little action scenes. Yeah, and then they literally like slide on out and escape out of there. And then what, what part do we get to next? We get to um, we get we get this other cutaway where you kind of see this this other scientist sort of going on in this laboratory, kind of putting together this experiment to like different dimensions and different worlds. And we don't really know exactly who it is yet. Who's kind of talking in the background? But you can kind of guess if you want. Well, we're looking at we see two people here up front. We see a guy who looks like he has scales around his eyes and his hair looks a little mangled and he's in a coat. Then you get a a chick who looks like she's kind of got a little bit of like a Joan Jett thing going on. And they they both have kind of pointier ears. So, I mean, I still I think it's still safe to say they're probably I'm going to go on a limb here and assume that they're probably like uh, other Koopa kids. I'm assuming maybe the chick in the black might be Cutie Pie. Or I think they changed her name a few times. Was there any Madonna later on or something? I think that might have been what it was like early on. Because sometimes they did that thing in those like first Mario's where they like really gave them all like kind of like rock star and music people names. And then I think probably it was most ones like okay, Madonna's like a little too like famous. We gotta fucking cut back on that and start calling her something else. Yeah, because so I think I Cutie think... Pie is like the the name where they like kind of changed it back. Like probably would have said like Madonna or something like maybe in Super Mario World or something goofy. I don't even know. Yeah. And then the other one, the guy with the scales on his eyes, I'm wondering if that's um, Larry, maybe it's uh, Lemmy, or even Ludwig, possibly. And then there's a guy on top, I'm not sure if this is, I don't think it's meant to be him. There's a guy on a, there's a, there's a guy on a railing. I don't think that's Wart just yet. Maybe that is Wart. I think that is supposed to be Wart, but, but it doesn't say it right yet. So you're kind of yeah. the, you're at the guessing stage of who that might be, but you see that he's opening up another portal to another dimension or oh, world, I guess. Yeah, actually, you're right. That is Warp because I'm looking at the he's at he's at a little bit more of a distance, and it looks like he's wearing more of kind of like an armor. But then from there on in, we only get close ups of his face basically in this one back shot. And yeah, that's that's definitely Wart. So and he's just basically this fat guy. He has warts on his face. You don't see his whole face. We see like the bottom of his mouth and. I think this. I, I kind of figured when I heard that this comic was happening, I figured, all right, well, what would they do next? They probably would reach in and use other characters. And okay, Wart makes total sense for the second Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, exactly. And he's even got kind of like a frog-like kind of humanoid body look to him. Yeah, and he's still wearing some kind of suit because you could, even though this particular picture is not colored, you see his gloves look like it's some kind of um, some kind of suit, more detailed than what Koopa was wearing earlier. I will say that it's odd how the, this book is colored, though. I mean, I know, granted, I know it's just, like, kind of unfinished, like, for certain sections. But it's, like, it's weird how, like, you'll go and, like, oh, okay, these first couple pages aren't colored. Because the first time I was reading it, I was like, oh, maybe it's black and white book. And it's just like, oh, no, there's color. And then it goes back to being, like, black and white. It's just kind of weird to, like, I just think of, like, putting together a comic. And it's just, like, coloring, like, not really in a straight row. Just, like, coloring kind of almost, like, just certain scenes and so on. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the reformed uh, Koopa Castle, which has now been taken over by uh, Daisy and her father. And they're waiting outside. The Mario brothers are waiting outside this room. He says, like, uh, they're probably going to make us fix all the shit we fucked up during that raid. Even though <laughs> That's why they fucking whole... brought us back. They're not going to pay us probably either. Probably, you know, like, Mario, you're being a little bit of a grouch. Oh, fuck you, Luigi. I'm a realist. You never had to go back and fix those pipes before, Luigi. You wouldn't understand. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just do it for the customer service aspect, but that customer's just a fucking shitty customer. You know what? They're never good customers that call you for a return. And that's when they uh, open the doors, and that's where um, it opens up. Like, they have the, uh, basically the king. He looks different. He looks different. His name's Reznor. Which is, I thought that was like, like I was starting to think of that, I'm like, Reznor? I'm like, first I thought, like, that's the fucking, like... It's a little, like, Triceratops that shoots fire at you in Mario World that are all, like, on, like, the spiral, um... You know, like, the oh, halfway... Is that what those are called? Yeah, they're called Resners. And I was like, 
what? And then I literally had to look that up. I'm like, wait a second. Is, is that fucking Triceratops related to Toadstool somehow? And then it's like, I saw no mention of that ever. But that really threw me for a curve there. That's probably, you know what? I could see, because technically, um, I mean, granted, he's a, he's a good guy. So I guess it might be a little bit more misplaced. But I could all see that being a pr- like a uh, producer thing. And that putting yourself in that mindset. Like, oh, there's a thing called a Resner. Yeah, we'll call this guy that. That looks like it could fit his name. And he's, he's wearing green. He's wearing spikes. So it fits, you know? But at the same time, I'm thinking back on, like, the movie. Because... There was Iggy and Spike, and Spike wasn't one of the Koopalings. Spike was just one of those random, like, um, one of those random, like, turtle ones that would just, like, spit out a ball and throw it down the hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably was like, yeah. oh, the, the name works, so it's probably choices by that. Yeah, so maybe it's in that same type of mindset. Basically, it sounds like he's chastising them for, like, you guys are the ones that fucked up my castle! I'm just fucking with you. I had a good... It's been a while since I got to just, like, bust someone's balls. Hey, welcome. These are the guys who saved your lives. Peep, everybody. Everyone get around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, go fix those fucking frozen pipes. And I like how they just show Mario and Luigi in cold sweat. Like, Luigi's like, oh, fuck, I was right. Mario's already, like, drenched in sweat, like, a few words in. But then he comes in, like, ah, oh, I'm just fucking with you. It's like, you're the guy trying to fuck my daughter, aren't you? Huh? It's so cool. <laughs> At least you're not the fucking fat bald one right there. Hey, 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 who are you calling fucking fat bald one here? And that's where they bring in, like, oh, by the way, this is where, um, that's where, like, um, what's, uh, not like Paul, it's, her name's not Pauline, but, but Danielle, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle. I like how this is Danielle, like, why do you bring Danielle in? He's like, well, yeah, I don't know, maybe at some point I need something to fuck when I get bored. Just saying, Luigi. <laughs> well, they surprised them. They just brought him in. She's like, yeah, we we know where she's at. She wasn't too hard to kidnap. We kidnapped her pretty easy in the first one, so use the same thing again. Here you <laughs> just go. Just a bag over the head. Which I'm gonna say, thinking back on that movie, like you, you you take your kid to go see a Mario movie, and then you have that really intense abduction scene where just like this lady going to her in her to her apartment, and then all of a sudden just a bag over her head, like Mario, oh god. <laughs> well, because really, it's like. <laughs> Like, almost like I think it's like you know you're watching like you know a family friendly movie, but like the same time like where is that fucking scene really or <laughs> leading to? It's like fucking like a Death Wish beginning. Yeah, like you don't really know like, like what 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 was like Spike played by like Jeff Goldblum or something. <laughs> Just like I hate rich cunts. <laughs> Just like fucking Mario Death Wish. <laughs> you know what? I could see a Charles Bronson playing Mario. I could too. Really, the, the, you know that that would be the perfect. I know that's like so proto, but like seventies Mario. <laughs> I could definitely say shit. You could even do it then. I think he was still alive by this point. So yeah, he, didn't, didn't he die in like the late nineties? I think so. So that almost by that standard, you could have had. You literally could have had Charles Bronson come in if you had a second movie and play like Mario and Luigi's father. Be like, I got trapped in a fucking world. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, this is not like Charles Bronson. He but. would be very calm, but very stern. Very yeah. threatening. Be like, I don't like the idea of this guy. This is bad. <laughs> because I don't trust this fungus. Luigi, what are you doing? Like, he'd just be like, Luigi, like, John Lucas. I would be like, Mario, I don't know about this. Daisy! And you have like, Charles, you have Charles Bronson Mario being like, you better bring this Koopa clown in. I got some things to say to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like unfazed by nothing. But Dad, what happened to you? You've been gone this whole time. Got trapped in another world. You know how it goes, son. <laughs> you know this this desert was filled with life, but I did something about that. Exactly. I got bored. What can I say? I needed to survive myself, so I ate everything, everything in sight. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Just went on a murderous rampage. Yeah, I was in the desert. It, I was fucking bored. Don't you give me that fucking third, look? <laughs> that would have been the third Mario movie. <laughs> exactly. So that's where that's where they're talking a little bit more, and that's where we re- realize that the guy, the Toad like figure, who if you know your Mario stuff, like oh that looks like Toad, and then he takes off the helmet and the mask, and it very much is Mojo Nixon Toad. Who's basically got D? Who got re evolved back into his normal form? And apparently, this suit helps him maintain his form from going back to Goomba Toad. And he says, "I can be out of it just for a little while." So then he puts on a concert for everybody as they're partying. Well, I even like too because there's even a part where um, uh, Daisy's father's talking, and he even kind of like sort of those questions that people sort of had from the movie, being like, "Well, dude, how'd you come back to life?" He's like, "Ah, there was electronic like malfunction." 
shot across, turned on my program on the computer. You wouldn't fucking believe it, but it put me back together. And how about that? But at least it's kind yeah. of, it gives an answer. That's why I kind of like. It's just like it's there. And for for those people who can't just like think outside the box, there you go. Yeah, yeah. They kind of Rogue One it because there's always that question like, all right, so there's this hole that you throw anything down, it explodes. Well, Rogue One, they explain it. So like, all right, cool. So they kind of do that with this too, which yeah, yeah. Which I think they beat Rogue One to it technically because I think this yeah this 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 one came out by 2014. So yeah. Yeah, because this book, this book's actually, you know, in a sense, like, that's why I think that's, like, I don't know if they're continuing this exact variation or if they're going to start start again, because I think it's, like, it seems like I don't know if the guys worked on it in quite some time. Yeah, or maybe they've just been waiting to have, like, the majority of it done, they just do it, in, they release it in chunks, but anyway, so, from here on in, Luigi and Daisy have some conversations, like, hey, how have you been, what you been up to, this and that, and then that's where she explains the thing to, um regarding toe and that's when like a yoshi a slightly more evolved uh, grown-up yoshi comes up to him he's still a baby but now he's starting to see his, he's starting to get his spikes yeah exactly and, and she's like, like you brought you brought this yoshi to this concert <laughs> <laughs> which i'm not sure i'd take i feel safe bringing this thing anywhere for just like a small passing thing that happens later but then they're just kind of walking through dino hatton and you see it like it's still dino hatton but it looks a little less crime ridden now yeah, it's not so bad, you know. It looks like the looks like all like the the jerk punk rocker guys finally got jobs down at the factory, so it keeps them a little bit more occupied. Or food stands or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and then like I, I kind of like the dialogue between um, Luigi. I think all the dialogue in this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it does a good job of like picking up where the movie left off, having it feel be sincere about it without fe- seeming like oh that seems like a one eighty from what the movie was, but it's, it's very much. Seems to be in the realm, but a logical progression, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. It kind of, like, catches you up, answers all, like, those kind of mysterious questions from the movie, and gets you set up for, like, this brand new one, like, all really nice and, like, total flow. Like, you just, it's one of those comic books, you just go straight through it. You don't even really even look at the pages. I always think of that kind of, like, when I'm reading a comic book. You know, like, if you kind of get kind of a little bit bored is when you start looking at, like, pages. If you if you never look at the page numbers, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, the comic book's over. I always feel like... That's a good. That's a good sign of like just like very progressive like storytelling. Mm-hmm. There's even a part that uh, where they're just sitting there like eating those little like. Cause it's at one point they show them serving like lizards on sticks. It's like I thought you were a vegetarian. Like yeah, well you know I kind of had to. I felt weird not a place in my back on Earth. I feel the same way here. So I don't know. So they have this whole kind of like identity crisis part. It's like but plus what else can I really eat around here that's not meat everyone around here is a meat eater what can i do i i, I want to say this really quickly that th- you brought this up okay in the movie at the very beginning when spike and iggy they get hot dogs and they bring it in and he like they toss the buns out like they don't know how to eat it like they're like well what's this bun thing and they throw it out and just eat the hot dog part but then you go later on the dino hatton and they serve those little like you on know, a hot dog bun, yeah. On a hot dog bun. So it's like, obviously they know what a hot dog bun is. Like, it's one of those ones, like, that I always thought, I thought was kind of weird. It's like, they throw that out, it's like, okay, I get it. They just thought, like, the hot dog bun was the wrapper. But then it's like, oh, no, they have that there. I know that's, like, a little, that's, like, that's like one of those, like, weird minor things, but it's just, like, it's either that or they're like, fuck carbs. Yeah, maybe it's that. <laughs> or it's one of the, I could definitely see that being just two different, like, you know, that was a scene in the script, and then there is, like, you know, the prop guy, like, all right, everybody, just do... Just act around. You serve serve lizard dogs or whatever the fuck you're doing, and not even thinking about it. And then by that point, like someone overlooked, like fuck it, we already shot it, shot it. We're over budget. No one's gonna remember that. We're over budget. We we canceled that continuity guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought his feet was a little ridiculous too. He just has to stand there and fucking tell us if we're doing something right or wrong. I feel like I can fucking do that. Then they get to the. Then they get the. They say it's dog, and they cut to the part with like lizards, like. like Fuck, fuck, fuck. Just sinks in his seat, like, opening night. <laughs> exactly. Everybody in the theater turns and looks at him. <laughs> I guess that fee wasn't wasn't such a bad thing there after all, huh? Yeah, I bet, bet you wish you paid that now. And then there's the part, the de-evolution de- chamber, when, like, he when he slips in the slime, like, someone's like, where's that shit come from? Like, no, no, somebody got de-evolved. But, well, why the, they, why is it not in the movie? Continuity guy! Like, fuck. I, I, I literally think he should have wrote that in there and just went with it and just been like, oh, yeah, just when Toad just gets up, he's just like, oh! Just like a shit sound. 
or they just like poorly ADR. Like when they show the Mario Brothers reacting, you just share like, oh, he shit everywhere. And, like, yeah, off screen. Exactly. Like just shit himself. Well, we can get one of those in here. It's fucking PG. It's a kids movie. Just... Kids laugh at that type of shit, literally. Yeah. Kids love shit jokes. So then, like, um, that's where they're talking. They're having so now, this, uh, Mar- <laughs> Luigi and Daisy, Daisy have a nice moment. <laughs> nice no, moment. Nobody stands up like... and just shits all over the floor. And they come to this botanical garden area where uh, she's like, I'd like to show you Dino Hatton's new park. And they just show, it's like, I'm trying to, like, bring vegetation back. I'm trying to bring life back. We have a greenhouse lab in here. Things are going pretty good. It actually, when our worlds merged for a second, it brought some Earth species over. And funny enough, the only one that survived was a daisy. But then there's, that for some reason, once the worlds merged, it did something geologically, but brought back old prehistoric plants. Yeah, like, here's this piranha plant. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, we're going into a place with a bunch of plants. There's got to be a piranha plant. Oh, there's a piranha plant. Awesome. I want to say this, though. I feel bad, because this is a very small moment. I was like, no one's going to react to that? Oh, I guess it's this world they live in. When they're walking through the park, there's a guy walking his little turtle. And I know maybe this is their idea of a Koopa Troopa, but it's this, like, little turtle on its hind legs walking around. And Yoshi's looking at it, like, oh, friend! And then, as as Daisy and Luigi are walking away, you see it has, like, Yoshi has, like, the end of its leash in his mouth, and just walks away, no problem. Nobody even fucking, not like, hey, sir, you get, you get, your dog gonna fucking, you gonna pay for what your dog just fucking did to my dog? Or maybe he ate the guy, maybe that we don't even see what happened there. <laughs> He had just been like, oh, Yoshi, you gotta eat the fucking... If you're gonna eat the dog, you gotta eat the man, too. You can't let the man and the dog be separated. Because like then a lawsuit Charles Bronson, Like old Ch- Charles Bronson dad always said, no witnesses. No, you, you can't have any witnesses. You gotta take them out. No witnesses, Mario. Never no witnesses. Yeah, devil. What about Jeff Goldblum? You never seem to get... Fucking dare bring up Jeff Goldblum. I've been searching my whole fucking career for Jeff Goldblum. How many new, like Jeff Goldblum? I'll say this: we'll, we'll we'll stop getting off track in a second. But Jeff Goldblum was big by the time the last Death Wish movie came out. They should have brought him back. Like we found the one punk, the one scumfuck guy who actually killed your wife. Yeah. Oh fuck! Right. Death Wish Five. Exactly. Just Jeff Goldblum versus Charles Bronson. Make Just... it look like the Batman v Superman poster. Yeah, exactly. Face to face. But yeah, so, I just love how Yoshi just fucking eats this guy's fucking turtle pet, Koopa Troopa, going down the street. Nobody seems to fucking care. And if it's by standards of this world, I don't know the standards they're setting up right here, but if this is, like, gonna grow up to be the size of Yoshi, then he just devoured a baby. So, you know. I'm not trying to make yeah, it more sad than it already is, but yeah. I know, and, and like, uh, that, that guy is already giving such a fucking dirty look to... <laughs> fucking Daisy and Luigi. Like, look at him. He's just, like, look at this, like, look at that fucking plumber in his suit. It's fucking maybe, 8 o'clock maybe, at night, maybe, what is he doing out here? Like, wait, can't can't change his dirty clothes? Maybe Yoshi, like, kind of sensed that. Says, you know what, fuck you, Angry Turtle. <laughs> yeah. It just shits a fucking egg out right there. Maybe that, we don't see that off screen, yeah. So that's when they go inside this green room. And that's when, like, she... We even see, like, what looks like, like uh, fire flowers back there. Like, they're flowers that they're, they're like, bright red... And look like they have steam coming off them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see the piranha plant, which take which lunges at Luigi for a quick second. Which this is probably—I I imagine this is just a scene kind of teeing up. Like eventually, you're going to see a lot of these things, or like a big one of these things. It'd be like uh, Daisy always told me I got to protect him, but now I got to kill them. Mm-hmm. Mario, then, give the- me the fire. <laughs> We're gonna burn this motherfucker down. Luigi, I've always wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you are my brother after all. And there's this really good uh, illustration of like dedicated to Bob Hoskins between those right here, which I like to give acknowledgement to. Oh yeah, yeah, real neat like scene right there. And then from there on in, as the 
piranha plant starts to get a little wild, which you think they'd keep that one in a cage, just not on a pot on the corner of the table. But, you know, this they they, they mentioned earlier on the world is a bit more aggressive and dangerous than our world, so maybe that side of the brain, like, hey, just stay away from the fucking plant. Your dinosaur ate my turtle! Well, it's this... You shouldn't let him get so fucking close. Fuck you. What do you think about it? It's like they kind of had like a fascist ruler for like the last 20 years. So people are probably a little bit more used to being like, you take care of your fucking self. You know, yeah. they, they don't have that world where it's like, it's okay, Billy. We'll put up rubber mats around everything. So you'll all be safe and you'll never have to experience pain or problems. So then uh, coming in here, we have this, you know, as Luigi falls down. This Asian dude in a, in a lab coat runs in with these kind of pink John Lennon glasses, and he shoots this, like, hypno-like gaze thing from the glasses at the piranha plant, and it stops. And his name is Mauser, so it's like, oh shit, that's Mauser? Alright, yeah. I'm assuming at some point this guy's gonna screw him over. Yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole time, too. I'm like, well, plus, he's a scientist, and if we know anything from stories... They're weak. <laughs> and they always are after something. More power, that is. More science, that is. I can definitely... And they have this nice little moment where he's like, hey, I've been working with Daisy, helping him, helping her, like, build up this... Uh, trying to bring life back to the planet, trying to expand more than the desert. And the reason... You find out the reason they're out in that little area in the desert is there's a ravine out there that's kind of brain, that kind of leads back to the um, Dino Hatton. So that's why they're there to check it out in the first place. But, um, yeah, Mauser here... It's not what you'd immediately expect him to be, but at the same time, the way the movies did it in the previ the previous one, I could totally see them portraying him this way. Who knows if he's even really a bad guy if we're going by movie rules, but I can totally see him screwing them over down the line. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to come back around at some point. See, they're surprised that Luigi's just not, like, fucking jumping on top of the fucking piranha plant, smashing down, like, dude, what are you doing? That's the only one we have! Like, he's trying mm -hmm. to fucking bite me! And this is, a, yeah, the Daisy and Daisy and um, Luigi talk a little more, and we realize, like, okay, well, they'll probably, he's, they're probably still trying to figure out what their future is, but it's looking like it's still all a possibility. Then Mario... He's like, oh, and, fish uh, fucking tacos, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'll eat whatever the fuck you throw in front of me. Us Mario brothers ain't fucking picky. I'm like that white, I'm like that Kirby thing from that fucking Japanese video game company. When he was white, not when he was pink. Just saying, you know, when he was pink, he seemed fucking weak. When he was white, he seemed empowered. It's, it's not having to do with the white thing. Let me just, I don't feel like I'm backpedaling now. It's just, I don't know, he just looked more manly there. Just, oh, fuck, fish tacos. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll just stop that, that thing here. Hold on a second, watch this parlor trick. <laughs> Oh shit, I've turned into a fucking fish taco. Oh god damn it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for like other versions to see how they come up with like, alright, here, we got this other outfit you for you to we got this thing that's gonna help you get up there. Like, oh what is it? Like, it's a bee suit. Oh fuck you. <laughs> All I picture though is just like you get fucking old Bob Hoskins be like, oh, okay, Bob, we're doing Mario Brothers 4, the movie. Like, let's just say these movies kept going on and they're just super fucking popular. Okay, well, what, what's Mario's new suit in this one? You got put a got put a fucking bee suit on. <laughs> yeah, put the bee suit on, Bob. He's still in character. He lost his British accent. That's how angry he is right now. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been doing a lot of these movies, you know. It <laughs> just eventually stuck. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Mario, and uh, there's some actually some pretty good dialogue here, and it, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, like pushing it forward, but still keeping it true to what the last movie was. And he just had, Mario has an interesting conversation with uh, Reznor, and basically saying like, hey, you know, we're trying to do things better, and who knows what the world's going to be when this is all done, but Louis Daisy's already trying to make trying to already push things forward and that's when he falls over of like what seems like a heart attack or something and, and luigi's like oh shit or mario's like oh shit which is like okay there's your one shit oh he does he does say that too i i, I kind of that's like those ones like you sort of like bypass but you're like oh wait a second when you, if you kind of picture it based on like fucking mario brothers like oh he says that right there he's like shit <laughs> And then from there, that's where um, we got back to the greenhouse. Uh, Luigi and Daisy kiss, thinking, you know, like I bet I think Daisy was warming up, saying, "Hey, do you, would you want to stay here? Would you want to live here for a little while? Because what else is waiting for you in Brooklyn? You don't have to be a plumber if you don't want to." And 
I, I want to say it was something to that alliance because that's where he was talking about like I always felt like I was only a plumber because my brother had to be but then again he was Mario he's my brother so I could I feel like it was worth it and then Daisy said something similar and then to her, her, her lines then they kiss and that's when a bunch of explosions start happening all over the city basically at fight clubs for a second like holy sky all these skyscrapers go down for a minute and that's when Wart pops up on the screen looking like um, Rush Limbaugh yeah, as I've been like, oh, 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 I'm fucking war, and I'm here to take on over, and I've come from another fucking world. Well, they, then they say that he helped with. Um, he didn't come from another world. He was actually helping. Uh, he was. He worked with Koopa. He helped kind of bring the worlds together with Koopa. I, I thought he said that, but I thought he also said he came from another world. Like that was like almost like a third section. But maybe maybe I, I missed that part. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm adding did. that in, but. But yeah, he, I know he definitely said something that he did sort of work with Koopa. So he's almost like, he's like Boss Norg or whatever in like fucking Final Fantasy VIII where like all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, uh, by the way, uh, we had this shady deal a long time ago and uh, yeah, it's not us humans running this uh, garden. Just just had to let you know. Uh, Squall, could you go down there and fucking take care of this? You know, just just talk it out or something like that. Squall comes back and just be like, y- you fucking murdered him? Be like, yeah, he was fucking being a problem. Like, what, you sent a 17-year-old guy down there with a fucking gun on his sword. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Not much of a diplomat, that squall. I don't have fucking person, you know, personality skills like that. I killed things. That's what you raised me, Sid. I was a fucking orphan. You picked What's me up true? off a grid. He's like, yeah. Shit, I, I Why do we think it was a good idea to give an orphan a gun sword? Just saying. Yeah, give two fucking orphans a gun sword and then have them fucking fight each other for training. So from there, that's where, like, this, you know, these explosions, that's where they become more portals and more shy guys on demented-looking Yoshis come running through. Exactly. And then they they run back to the castle. Like, all right, it looks like they're trying to take back the castle. And from here, they're talking about what their next course of action is going to be. And Mojo Nixon Toad's like, all right, we'll fucking be ready for him. <laughs> so funny, when you hear that name Mojo Nixon, I don't know what it is. That sounds like a, like it's an X-Men character, like a Mojo World or something. Like, who's who's Mojo yeah. Nixon? Well, that's Mojo's, like, you know, bastard son or something like that. And from here, that's where um, we have uh, Mauser kind of giving more exposition about how they're going to how they're going to go about this and I think what they're what they're plan to do what they're what they're planning to do exactly. They got to go to the underground world. Underground, well, yeah, which is we, we didn't get to see a whole lot of the underground world in um, in the first Mario movie, you know. So get more of it in this one, hopefully. I will say though, I think that like there's a new artist that appears like all of a sudden about right about this point towards the very end because it looks art, a little different. Yeah, it, like completely. I mean, it doesn't like change so radically that you're like, oh, what the? But you, you could tell it's like, oh, whoa, it's all of a sudden. It just see the coloring too. I guess that because it did say there was a different colorist. But I just feel like the look, the colorist would have to come and be one of those colorists that comes in and starts drawing his own shit on top of stuff. That's the case. <laughs> Essentially, Mario has this moment where he's just like, why the fuck do we got to keep on helping these lizards out? And that's where, you know, everyone in the room guilt trips Mario into saying like, hey, you helped us out the first time. Why aren't you helping out now? And how, by the way, how is our world so much different than yours? And our worlds are more linked than you think, this and that. And that's where they get in front of a camera like, oh, don't worry. We're still, because they have this. They have they kind of acknowledge they started this new world, this new government, and not everyone's on board immediately. Even though the king's back in power and Daisy's there, people still don't trust him because they still got people loyal to Koopa. So the book, this book, actually acknowledges that. It's been like twenty five fucking years. Like literally, that's like just imagine just any fucking president of a country coming back like twenty five years later, be like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm in charge again. Fuck you. No, no new election. Yeah, I know I haven't seen... I've been the fungus. I've been watching. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. I've... I actually give, give you a voting booth this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, you can vote for me or me, but you don't get any other fucking choice. What do you think you fucking have choices? <laughs> oh, actually, I noticed a funny little thing. that When they're doing this uh, whole... Uh, when they're doing this whole... Um, talk show thing stop and saying all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're actually are gonna take an action against this wart guy and here are the mario brothers they're gonna help us out i noticed the guy holding the camera has a cloud on the camera so a little like mario 64 nod kind of oh yeah, yeah yeah that is true i, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned that 
Yeah. Let's go too far ahead, man. Mario 64, too far, man. Too far. You gotta stay, you gotta stay back. You know, this. I was really loving this book, and this book was really good until I saw this last page. It suddenly just entirely ruined for me, because they lost their continuity. They jumped a year ahead of when this would have come out. Never mind, I do not recommend this book. Fuck it. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though. You, you gotta pay that continuity guy. Don't think you can fucking cheapen out and just get rid of him. They're important. <laughs> no, so that that right there is where Luigi takes the mic, says, "Yeah, we're coming for war, and we're gonna knock these motherfuckers out." Essentially, and then Mario's like, "All right, good talk, let's get going." Then the sky turns back to the camera, like, "All right, that was the Mario Brothers." Now, do you think the king is can get the job done? Stay tuned, we'll talk. So it's like, oh shit, we still have to deal with like all this condescension and people unsure of what we're capable of and what the king's capable of and that's where it leaves off which is you know i really hope they pick this thing back up because this is a really good not just good for a comic fit not just good for like a fan of the movie but just f just a good uh, comic in general exactly and also as i say at the very end it also mentions that police chief now is big bertha oh yeah i forgot about that they do mention that but, um, but yeah, I know this is right. It, pretty much this is the thing. is It sort of leaves off like right when your story pretty much is beginning. You know what I mean? It's sort of like we this the first like, you know, 60 pages or whatever were pretty much about like, hey, let's get this going. We'll fill you in with all the extra information you need. We'll get you back grooving and so on. And then it's almost like it, it's like if you're watching a fucking DVD and then like right when they're like, okay, we're going off like on the fucking adventure. You're watching Lord of the Rings or something like that. Be like, okay. We're, we got this fucking group together. We're going to go on a quest. And then, like, the fucking DVD scratches. And it's all like, oh, shit. It's not going to play any past this point. Uh, well, you, you can think what happens next, I guess. Use your mind. Yeah, we're in the... We just got done with the first act, so... And I, I'm not going to be like one of those guys like, where's the, where's the book? Just make the fucking book. What's the fucking deal? I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people because I get it. You and I both make comics. We know how long it could take, especially when it's fully colored. And it's you're also probably not making any money off this thing. So I get it totally why it's taking so long. I just think even if it stopped here, I don't want it to stop here. I want it to keep on going on. But even if it stopped here, I get it. And I just, at least we got this first great act. And who knows where it can go from here, you know? Yeah, because it's completely solid right here. And I know what they were shooting for was about, give or take, I think like 120 pages. So we're, we're, we're about almost halfway, I guess you would say, by that standard into it. Uh, I just hope that they kind of do kind of keep going. And I know sometimes it's like that thing that, you know, every once in a while, you know, you'll kind of be going. And then you'll kind of get an idea in your head of, like, how you're going to do something different. And sometimes it makes you stop sort of doing a project. Because as I said, like, it seemed like this book was kind of like a couple of, you know, you know maybe maybe around 2013, 14 started. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe it stopped about 2016. This is all kind of guessing. But, um, yeah, I hope, uh, it, I hope I it does see... get kind of picked up. Chapter 4, page 8, was on April 9th, 2015. Oh, so even farther. So, the scary thing is, is when something's like five years and you haven't touched it, it's almost kind of like, that makes you kind of wonder, like, you know, I mean, like, I, I get it. What they probably were doing, they're like, they got the point where, like, okay, we want to kind of get some, you know, in a sense, money and recognition for doing this. Because, you know, nothing's worse than kind of making something than having to be like, well, we could just kind of put it on our page and... You know, sadly, we can't have it just, like, be spread about as much as possible and can't have it, you know, sold and make a little bit of profit and so on. It's always That's always kind of the downfall to sort of, like, when you're doing these kind of, like... Passion projects. Yeah, exactly. So there is, you know, that's always... It's almost like what always kind of scares me, like, after a while, is just, like, when you start doing things that are kind of based off other things, even if they're kind of, in a sense, original slash, like, they're filling a void that's not going to be happening anyways... Or you're even doing something that's a parody or something that shouldn't have any problem whatsoever. But then there always is that problem, too. I don't know. It's, it's that sad part. But um, I, I would love to see this kind of carry on. No, I definitely want to. I mean, if, the, if it did stop here, I get it. But at the same time, I would like to see it continue on because it's starting off real strong. The artwork's fantastic. The writing's good. And like I said, it feels very true to the original, yet answering those questions and those continuity errors. People were kind of, some people were scratched. I, I just took it as, it's a movie, it's magic, whatever, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into, like, okay, the, the king comes back from the, the fungus. I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that, but their explanation makes total, makes, you know, fits for this world. And, you know, even bringing the idea of, like, that we still, even though we took down Koopa, we still got to earn the trust of everyone in the city. Yeah, exactly, and just kind of adding those extra elements, and that's how I always feel too. It's like when it comes to movies, like, and there's those parts that like people always call them like you know plot holes or something like that. I'm like, 
I always kind of go like, eh, that, that's where you're supposed to use your brain and kind of put piece things together. You know what I mean? Like, don't expect everybody to, like, handhold you through like it's a fucking tutorial in, like, a video game. But there's there's some plot holes where I get where it's just like, no, that should have been explained better. Or that should have been presented more. But then there's I, I don't want to beat a like beat a completely dead horse here. But there's the whole like, you know, Dark Knight Rises. How would Batman get back to Gotham? It's like he's fucking yeah. Batman. Well, they should have shown or said something like they showed in the first movie when he hopped aboard a fucking when he hopped aboard a fucking boat and didn't have any training previously and then he went around did, did how many years is batman did how many years of training and now you're questioning how the fuck did he get back yeah like that's the perfect example it's like god use your fucking brain like seriously like mm-hmm. but um but like, yeah anyway I, I want that but that's an example of like okay that that's a plot hole where it's like that's a dumb fucking excuse i don't care who you are i think it's a dumb fucking uh complaint about that movie but um i think that there are are other ones that are i can't think of any off the top of my head but there definitely are those like oh that could have been a little bit more clear exactly but um but yeah check out super mario brothers the comic you know it's just glorious and awesome and hopefully um however possible it is to get this finished whether it takes even another you never know how some artists can be kind of like ones like you get busy or something like that maybe that kind of stalled the project or so on but um even if it had to switch artists even if it had to kind of do something a little bit different kind of go ahead I, it would be neat to see the second half of this book finished that would be pretty darn cool yeah i would even pay money for it so um yeah let's give I, I know we're, the, we're not supposed to say we're paying money for things like this but if we should have like some secret black market fund for it <laughs> just saying yeah uh and just to give credit where credit's due again uh steven applebaum and ryan haas the curators the super mario brothers movie archive they did the story for this eric donovan uh eric spelt with a y art and colors uh brett michael cook that he also did colors, and then James Reed, James spelled with a Y, did letters. So, yeah, just want to give credit where credit's due, and great job in this, folks. Yeah, and if you like Super Mario Brothers the movie as much as we do and so on, you can always go to their website, too, because they got the Super Mario Brothers archive, movie archive, and, you know, they got deleted scenes on there. They got, like, pictures of all the toys and action scripts. figures. Scripts and, you know, and, you know, behind-the-scenes extra stuff and so on. You know, all those things that are missing from having a glorious special edition DVD, well, guess what? They got it all right there, you know. But um, beyond that good fun stuff, you can go go to our website, oldmanorange.com, for more podcasts, comics, comics like Pizza Boys, you know, animations, and all our old videos and so on. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again, and we're out of here.